Hi, and welcome back to Grief Talk, the podcast where we talk about grief. I'm your co-host, Sarah, and I'm joined here by my lovely sister, Susanna. Hello. Suze, how you doing today? I'm good. I'm very good. Yeah. How are you? I'm great. We um, just went to Target, which was super fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I recently just moved back to Nashville for any of our listeners um, from a smaller town and where I've been for the past six years. That's so crazy. It is. And, it, you know, it's just dawning on me now that I'm back in Nashville that I've lived in a city without a Target for like most of my adult life. Wild. Yeah. And I'm like, how did I live without Target at 10 minutes away from me for the past six years? I really don't know how I did that. But anyway, so it's just a really a joyous occasion any day when I just get to go to Target. Well, good. So, I'm glad. Yeah, I, I had a great time too. Yes. It was a little chaotic in there, but yeah, you know, tis the, the season. The shoppers, you know? they're, they're not okay. No. <laughs> check on your local okay. shopper. <laughs> yeah, check on them. <laughs> uh, well, today we are going to talk a little bit about grief comparison and grief competition, which I think is a really interesting topic. Uh, so... Um, we want to kick off, we're, we're kind of going to cover three things here, um, just so that our listeners know and can track with us. We're going to talk about, um, you know, comparing grief to grief. Uh, we're also going to talk about comparing grief to situations that are not death, <laughs> you know, comparing death to, to other types of losses. Um, spoiler alert, neither one of those things is helpful. And then at the end, we're going to try and give like some really practical applications about what can we do instead? How can we, um, you know, how can we comfort people? How can we relate to people in a way that's helpful uh, and not a way that leaves us feeling worse? Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. So let's go ahead and start. Uh, you good to start, Suze? Yes. Okay, yes, great. I am. Um, so we we want to start by talking about, um, yeah, just about grief comparison, which basically the idea is you know, um, this is Sarah. Let's say I have a friend who loses a parent. I haven't lost a parent. Um, but in my attempt to relate to my friend, I began to tell them about the loss that I experienced, which was the loss of a brother. And, um, yeah. So you want to go ahead and and read and then we can talk about it. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to read an excerpt. This is Susanna from a really wonderful book called it's okay that you're not okay. It's by our girl, Megan Devine. Our girl. And I want to make sure I cite this correctly. So it's page 16 is where I'm sorry. I just don't want to like you. I, I know it's been a while since I've done like a bibliography, but I just want to make sure that I give credit where credit is Absolutely. due. Um, and these are not my own words that I'm reading. Thanks. We'll put the, um, the link to her book in the show notes of her. I just want to be like overly cautious. Of course. Please don't come for me. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to read this section it's called hey me too um i'm gonna skip the first paragraph because i'm just gonna do that okay so it says we share stories of loss to communicate that we understand where you are quote hey look i've walked this road i understand how you feel end quote shared loss stories are an attempt to make you feel less alone inside your grief when i say you and you're, it's like, it's the person, who's the person who's someone. reading this is someone who's like fresh in their grief, just for some context. They don't usually land that way though. Comparing one grief with another one almost always backfires. One experience of loss does not translate into another. 
Grief is as individual as love. That someone has experienced a loss, even one similar to yours, does not mean they understand you. When someone relates their own story of loss, they're hoping to remove some of your pain. True, but that's not all. Everyone carries grief, from everyday losses to the bigger, life-altering ones. Because we don't talk about grief in our culture, we have personal and global backlogs of unheard and unspoken grief. When you become visible in your grief, it's like a portal opens, a doorway into acceptability and openness. When you start talking about loss, it's like there's suddenly this permission and we think, oh, thank goodness, we're talking about grief now. Let me tell you about the losses I've suffered. We all want to talk about our pain. We all carry stories that need acknowledgement. But right now, right now, when you are in pain, when your loss is primary and powerful, that is not the time for a two-way give-and-take discussion about the losses we all sustain. Grief comparison and shared grief stories do not bring you comfort. Of course they don't. It can feel like your own loss has been eclipsed by the speaker's needs to tell their own story, no matter how long ago it happened or how irrelevant it is to your loss. Talking about their own pain is a way the speaker moves the focus of supporting you and onto getting their own needs met. It seems nefarious, but it's just one of the subtle ways our faulty grief culture impacts your actual grieving process. There is a time and a place to discuss our shared stories of loss. When your world has just imploded, it is not one of those times. You feel mugged by other people's grief stories because something has been taken away from you, the central importance of your current reality. Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, So I think when it comes down to it, and this is Sarah, when people compare, like when I compare my grief to someone else, my motivation is to relate to someone. My motivation is to comfort someone. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, it's a failed attempt at empathy. Yeah. Because what I'm doing when I compare my grief to someone else's is I'm making it about me. Yeah. And And that's exactly what Megan was saying in that section too. Exactly. Um, Yeah. That, that instead of keeping the focus on the person who maybe is currently reeling after a sudden loss or recent loss or the trauma of grief, I'm taking it and I'm, I'm using it as an excuse or as a reason to, to talk about myself. Mm-hmm. And that's not comforting. No. It's not comforting at all. So, I mean, can you speak from experience? Like, is this anything that, that you've ever experienced? Yeah, yeah. So I remember shortly after um, Leland passed away, I just remember having conversations like that where it the focus was turned away from me and onto whoever I was talking to. And, you know, they opened up about what was going on in their life or, um, you know, losses that they had suffered or experienced. And it just like really pissed me off. Like I just got, I remember feeling so frustrated because I needed to be seen at that time. And I needed to be very gently like tended to. And I felt like whenever, you know, whoever I was talking to, when they kind of took that from me, it, 
I don't know. It just didn't really seem like I was heard or seen or cared for. I then kind of felt responsible to comfort that person in their loss of a totally different person of a totally different relationship. And it just, I don't know. I just got really frustrated and I personally like kind of shut down and, um, which is not necessarily like, I think a healthy like coping mechanism, but I was doing the best that I could. And I was definitely in like fight or flight. Um, when Leland passed away for a long time Mm -hmm. and yeah. So I just, I, I, I do remember having a couple of instances like that and just like, it's just really pissing me off. Yeah. And I like what you said there too, about how it then is requiring the person who's, you know, maybe really fresh in their grief to then comfort you. Mm -hmm. And they just don't usually have that to give. No, I was so broken. Like I was so, so broken and so fragile. Yeah. You know, the other thing too, if I'm, if I can speak from my experience, which is the only experience that I have, and that is I've lost a brother and we've lost grandparents. Mm-hmm. I was 20 years old when Leland died, and most people don't lose a sibling when they're young. Yeah. It's just, it's outside of the natural order of of nature. You know, it's just, it's not how things usually work. And so I found myself feeling really resentful and bitter towards people who were telling me about them losing a grandparent or even even people who had lost a parent because it's still within the natural order it is and that's it might be untimely exactly it might be untimely it might be sudden I mean obviously like this it's tragic it is but it's like yeah but you you live your life expecting that your parents are gonna die and like that's gonna like most people expect that they're gonna be around for that Mm mm-hmm you just don't really, you just don't really think about that when you're, you know, in that kind of young adult phase, like, right. You're just not prepared. I don't think anybody is prepared to lose a sibling like that. So at least I wasn't, I'm just going to speak from my experience. Mm -hmm. And so it really dawned on me. Okay. I just don't have to listen to anybody who their grief is within the natural order of losing people. I just kind of let myself off the hook from that because it wasn't my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I have still found myself only being able to relate to people who have lost a sibling and more specifically people who have lost a brother. Mm. Um, have you had like several I've had a like, little, instances like I've that? had a little bit of interaction. One of them, you know, about somebody who lost, she did, she lost a younger brother, which mm-hmm. is different from my story. And her brother was ill. Mm-hmm. Um, which are both different from my situation, but it's like those details aside, I feel like I can relate to her more because she lost a brother. Like, I don't know if this is making sense, but it's almost like the fact that he was younger and the fact that my brother was older, the fact that my grief, like the loss was sudden and his was expected. Those details didn't matter because she understands because she lost a brother. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Yeah. So, um, yeah, not very many people. I mean, I just I just don't know a ton a ton of people, yeah, my my age who have who have gone through that kind of an experience. Mm-hmm. So um anyway, so I I have had to catch myself too, I want to just say because I'm not <laughs> over here like, you know, perfect. Um by any means, 
I have had to catch myself several times after hearing people who have experienced loss. Even just a few months ago, I heard of someone who I didn't know of personally, but was a friend of a friend who uh, lost a brother and lost a brother in a, in a car accident. And my first reaction was like, oh, I need to reach out to this person. Mm-hmm. And then it, uh, yeah, it just, I had the thought of like, oh, am I just wanting to tell them about me? Am I just wanting to make that about me? And Is I it going to be helpful or I don't want to say harmful, but like, yeah, you know. Yeah. And so ultimately, you know, I, I didn't reach out and um, I feel fine about that. You know, mm-hmm. if basically we're, I'm connected enough to this person to where obviously it's not a secret yeah. <laughs> that I lost my brother. Yeah. And so if that person needed or wanted to connect with me, they would have the means to do so. Sure. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so anyway. Okay. Do we want to talk about Grief. situation comparing? Yes. Yes. Sure. Um, so <clears throat> just to kind of delineate the different topics, when we talk about grief comparison and grief competition, we're specifically talking about like, I have lost someone, like someone in my life has died and I'm going to compare that to someone else who has had someone die. Like we're specifically talking about grief in the terms of death and losing someone. Situation comparing and granted, we're just making all of this up. <laughs> so these aren't like official terms or anything, but we're just for the sake of trying to make this make sense when we talk about like comparing situations that would be you know Susanna if you know I know that you lost a brother and I came to you and I said you know um I I went through I went through a financial loss and that was really difficult for me and so then I'm trying to make this connection between you experienced a loss now it was the loss of a loved one and I experienced a loss it was a financial loss and I'm trying to relate to you with something that is not a death Mm -hmm. so it's basically when what we're talking about here is when people compare situations to other situations that are not death yeah they're just like totally different categories totally different so it's like you're literally contorting right a hardship in a way that it it just doesn't need to be contorted into right because like try as you may connecting those dots between death and just you know a, a, a hardship that you go through that's not death like it, you just can't really do that you know they're right. just totally different ball games and that's okay it's okay that they're totally different ball games I think it's probably for a reason yeah so they need to be handled differently right yeah and that's not mitigating the hardship of you know to use your example a financial loss like yes that could totally be devastating but it's also very different from the loss of a child the loss of you know a parent or you know anything in that kind of category so yeah I agree yeah well I really like what Megan Devine has to say about this were you going to read another passage I can yes okay She's full of so much wisdom. So much wisdom. And I feel like she's so much more eloquent than I am. I actually was telling Sarah right before we podcasted that this was going to be an interesting episode for me personally because words <laughs> can't do them today. Like you just, you know, some days are just harder it's than just others. hard. Absolutely. I have all these thoughts and then trying to like get them out succinctly. Yeah. It's a struggle. Couldn't be me. <laughs> okay. So, 
Um, conveniently enough, this next section that I'm going to read is actually the section right after what I just read. Um, and it's titled The Competition of Grief. And if I could just add this before I start reading, I remember reading this book on the L heading to go see a friend because I purchased this book for her and I actually hadn't read it yet. And so I decided while I was on the train, I'm just going to read this. This is when I lived in Chicago and I could not devour this book fast enough because I felt so seen. And, um, I remember reading this particular chapter and I was just like, I, I, I was just speechless and I just felt so validated. So I hope that this is validating to yeah, I bet whoever it, is listening. I bet it made you want to like scream from the rooftops. To oh, <laughs> I immediately got on my phone and ordered one for myself off of, off of Amazon. Yeah. Um, a copy of the book. Okay. So here is the um, next section called the competition of grief. Sharing grief is a way to connect with the griever. Sorry, let me start over. <laughs> Words. <laughs> Sharing grief as a way to connect with the griever almost always turns into a competition of grief the grief Olympics, whose pain is worse, whose grief means more. If you've told someone that their experience of loss is not the same as yours, I bet you've heard a defensive backlash from them. They're hurt, offended. If you respond to the speaker's shared grief story by saying they aren't the same thing, what they hear is your grief is not as real as mine. They hear that their pain wasn't bad enough. They hear that the distinction as an insult to their heart, a dismissal of their pain. What started out as an attempt to connect devolves into an argument over whose grief hurts more. We need to talk about the hierarchy of grief. We hear it all the time. No grief is worse than any other. I don't think that that's one bit true. There is a hierarchy of grief. Divorce is not the same as the death of a partner. Death of a grandparent is not the same as the death of a child. Losing your job is not the same as losing a limb. Here's the thing. Every loss is valid and every loss is not the same. You cannot flatten the landscape of grief and say that everything is equal. It isn't. It's easier to see when we take it out of the intensely personal. Stubbing your toe hurts. It totally hurts. For a moment, the pain can be all-consuming. You might even hobble for a while. Having your foot ripped off by a passing freight train hurts too. Differently. The pain lasts longer. The injury needs recovery time, which may be uncertain or complicated. It affects and impacts your life moving forward. You can't go back to the life you had before you became a one-footed person. No one would say these two injuries are exactly the same. A stubbed toe hurts. And it gets to be honored and heard without being dismissed as no big deal. A torn off foot is different. It gets to be honored and heard without being dismissed. That's all grief. That all grief is valid does not mean that all grief is the same. Ordinary heartbreaks are difficult, even without reordering the world as you know it. Random, out of order, life altering losses have an echo that reverberates in a different way. Not better, not worse, simply not the same. We need to be careful that we don't exclude anyone's grief. We all deserve to be heard in our grief, no matter what the grief may be. At the same time, we can't assign equal weight to all losses and successfully support someone in pain. Making no distinction between levels of grief does not support the griever. 
It's also true that after a certain point, comparisons become useless. Is it worse to lose a child or to lose a partner? Sudden death or long illness? Suicide or murder? Babies die. Children get cancer. Lovers drown. Earthquakes open the seemingly solid ground and thousands of people disappear. Bombs go off in random places. The seemingly ordered universe is split open into a big yawning chasm and no reality makes sense anymore. Distinction between losses like these do not matter and they are not helpful. What we need to remember as a working practice is to honor all griefs, honor all losses, small and not small, life-changing and moment-changing, and then not to compare them. That all people experience pain is not medicine for anything. Defending the uniqueness of your own loss against the comparison of others is just not going to make you feel better. Pointing out the various orders of magnitude and loss is not going to help you feel better. When someone tries to alleviate your pain by sharing their own story of suffering, knowing that they are attempting to connect and relate, and know that there is a reason, there is a reason it feels so crappy. They aren't actually connecting. They're unintentionally turning the focus away from you and onto their own stories of pain. Your reality is erased, which is exactly the opposite of what they'd hoped to do. It then sets up this, quote, my grief is worse than yours, quote, dichotomy that leaves everyone feeling unheard and dismissed. Comparison does not work for anyone. Mic drop. Yeah. So go order that book. (laughs) And I think that's a, that is a, that excerpt right there is a perfect example of why I enjoy really everything that Megan Devine has to say is because she just said that. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, she just said, it's like, we all, we feel it, but like she said it and it's, I mean, for a long time, I was too scared to say that. Like I was always giving this caveat of like, and I still find myself doing it. I'm not saying that this is any better or any worse, but she's exactly right. We can't Mm -hmm. flatten that landscape and Mm -hmm. we can't say that all of this is the same. I will say relatively sure, you know, someone, uh, you know, going through a divorce absolutely could be the worst thing that they ever went through. Mm -hmm. And me losing my brother could be the worst thing that I've ever went through. And yes, relatively, those are both the worst things for each of us. But when you put those together, they're totally different things. They cannot yeah. be compared. Yeah. So I, yeah, I mean, thanks, Megan. We're so grateful. We're very grateful for her. Um, well, I have a couple of examples of this, I guess. Yes. If, tell, if me, I, tell me. Tell me. I'm I, all ears. <clears throat> um, of a couple of different ways that I personally have experienced this kind of, um, like, situation comparison. I will say, like, Okay, so when when Leland passed away, I was in college, and um, I had a friend in college who, I was gone for two weeks, I missed midterm exams, I came back, and she, she was trying to make me feel better. This is a friend? Sure. Okay. Yeah. The, yes, this is sure. a friend. This sure. Was in a, uh, this was somebody I would have, yeah, absolutely called a friend. Okay. And when I came back to college... And I saw her for the first time. She told me, you know, I'm really sorry about your brother. And, you know, she had written me a card. It was really sweet. She was doing what she knew to do. Sure. And she tried to relate to me by telling me about how her parents had separated when she was younger. Mm. And it was the hardest thing that she ever went through. 
and you know they were still together or whatever and I remember calling mom and I said I was fuming mm-hmm. I mean I was I was doing that like angry cry you know I don't know if you do it I understand <laughs> I do it where I'm so mad I just cry and I was and I specifically remember saying <laughs> to my mom you know what I was wanting to say to her which was I'm really sorry that the worst thing that ever happened in your life is that all your family is still living. Yeah. Now, I couldn't relate to her. My parents had never separated. Like, that just wasn't something right. that I could relate to. Right. And, you know, like, just like what you just read, yeah, it's not to say that that isn't difficult. It's not the same, though. Yeah. It's most definitely not the same. And so I think in that kind of a situation, I was really the one who was guilty of being like, you know, my, my grief is definitely worse than yours. Yeah. But if she had just given you the space to be. Yeah. And had self-control and not wanted to share, you know, it kind of reminds me of the, the first little passage that I read about how it's like, oh, great someone's grief is visible so it's like this portal open so I can talk about my grief I mean who knows like she might still be carrying the burden of her parents divorce and she has not properly dealt with it in professional counseling or you know gone through any kind of means to you know resolve it and so when she saw you she was like okay maybe I can bring up and talk about this was it the appropriate timing um no absolutely not Absolutely not. But that just kind of reminded me of that. You know, honestly, not to be so harsh, but there's really never an appropriate time to make that kind of a comparison. Oh, no. Because they're not the same thing. No. But I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I do want to say, again, not to be harsh, but I'm just kind of feeling a little... Get it. Mm Mm-hmm. If you find yourself wanting to talk about something so badly to someone else, like if there's something in your life that has been really difficult for you and you find yourself continuing to bring it up... Can I encourage you to bring it up with a counselor, to bring it up with a professional? Mm -hmm. Because, and and I want to be really careful with how I say this because, I mean, Suze, you and I are not, absolutely not in the business of telling people to not talk about their grief. Hello. What are we doing right now? What are we doing right now? But are we also very much in counseling and therapy and yes. Yeah. I mean, there's a difference between like, I'm not trying to like process. Correct. Processing and sharing. Right. Those are two different things. So like. I'm not trying to like heal right now. I do my healing and counseling. Yes. So if I find myself needing to talk through something about my grief over and over again with anybody who has experienced any kind of loss, that should tell me that there's some processing that's incomplete for me. And And I need to go get some help. Yeah. Yeah. You are not too far gone to get help. Um, yeah. So I want to say that another one, like here's another instance, and I can't remember if I've shared this on here or not, but I remember the first time it's happened twice. I remember the first time someone told me, I think it was on the platitudes episode. Maybe I shared this. Uh, at least your brother didn't take his own life. Oh, I don't know if you did share. Maybe that. I did it. I remember it. To you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Seuss. Yeah. So I was at a coffee shop and I had, I had actually reached out to this person because they have just, yeah, just experienced some life. And I was looking for comfort 
and I was looking for someone I could relate to. And I was totally reeling. This was within about a year of losing Leland and I felt like I had totally, I felt like my relationship with the Lord had gone silent. I didn't really know if I believed in God anymore. Like I just, well, I mean, whatever. I'm not going to get into all that. A crisis. I was. Like I totally was. Internal crisis. And I was looking to this person for comfort. I was talking about my grief. And yeah, she brought up somebody I didn't know, but someone, a young man had recently in our community had recently taken his own life. Which is so tragic. Absolutely. And can I say outside of the natural order? And there's a young man Mm -hmm. who passed away before his parents and before his siblings. And she said, you know, I just think about that family all the time. And I, I'm just so grateful that, that your family didn't have to go through that in that your brother didn't take his own life. And I, I mean, I immediately wanted to get up and leave. I was, and I knew in that moment, it was like this hammer dropped. And I was like, yeah, I will never have a conversation with this person like this again. Mm -hmm. This is not a safe place for me. I'm so sorry that you had that experience because that is totally not the right time. And you know what? That person that you talked to could totally have sadness in their heart and like, feel for that family and also care for you. And they did a horrible job at that. Right. And also I was kind of wondering what, what do you want me to say to that? Yeah. What, what was, what was that person trying to accomplish? Like, Oh, thank God. Yeah. Thank God. My, like you can like, mm -mm. yeah. Anyway, that still gets me fired up. It happened so many years ago and it's still really, really Yeah, rightfully so. It's just inappropriate. So like. And it's incredibly insensitive. Very much so. Not just for you, but for that family too, that's also mourning their own loss. Right. So this isn't like this whole grief competition and whatever, like it doesn't just have to be somebody else who has also experienced a loss. I mean, this person who was comparing to me, they weren't the one who buried their child. Mm Mm-hmm. But she was just bringing in a totally different, you know, third party experience. Um, I think it could also happen. You know, let's say, Susanna, um, maybe I receive, uh, you know, a, an unfortunate diagnosis of some sort. Like, let's say I were to get cancer or something and you were to come to me and say, you know, well, at least it's not terminal. You know, because this happened to me in my life and I lost this person to cancer or whatever. Mm. Yeah, it's two different things. Yeah. Those are two different things. Yeah. And it doesn't, like, all it does is make me feel like, okay, so what am I supposed to be grateful? Yeah. And that's, it's just not helpful. It's not helpful to someone in pain. And again, we talked about this in platitudes when we talked about those, but like, it's not at all helpful to turn it into this. Well, at least you don't have it worse mm-hmm. type of a thing, which I think is what happens when we do this. And literally in the next section of this book, should I just read? Should I just do an audiobook? <laughs> yeah. I'm is literally sure when she talks about at least it's not blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Or, you know, stop feeling so bad because at least your situation played out differently from someone else that I know. Right. Right. Man. And it's not okay. It's not okay. Uh, I want to say one more story. Um, yeah, I guess this is just like story time for me. But I think that each of I'm these- glad it is because honestly, like thinking about these situations, like I remember, this is Susanna, like I honestly, I blacked out. Mm. Like my memory is Swiss cheese 
from that whole first year when Leland died. Like it it's slightly alarming when I think about it because there's so many things that it's like, well, I know I got from point A to point B, but I don't know how I got there. And like you get into like disassociation and like whatever, but like there's a lot of things that I don't remember. And I do remember vague conversations with people uh, and then they would start comparing, you know, grief to grief or loss to loss or whatever. But for me personally, like I just shut down Mm -hmm. pretty much that whole year. Um, I shut down inwardly. I shut down outwardly. I cut off, you know, myself from a lot of people. And I'm not saying that that's the right thing to do. I was literally, like I said earlier in this episode, like I was in fight or flight. And Mm -hmm. so I'm, I hate that you've had these situations, Sarah, that you're telling us about, but I'm grateful that like you can actually remember things because like I can remember vaguely having conversations and then just being really pissed off like I was just really angry um and you had every right to be yeah but I not that I like wish I could recall certain situations but like there's Mm -hmm. just I feel like so much lost (laughs) in my memory yeah um from that that whole first year so anyway all that to say I'm, I, I don't want to say I'm grateful for your story time, but I'm, I'm glad that like your memory wasn't affected, but also I'm so sorry that like you actually still remember some of these things, Yeah, you know? Well, as an aside, before I tell my story, something that my counselor told me recently that I thought was really interesting, this pertains to what you just said, is that like our brains are wired to heal. Like they're always trying to protect us. Yes. And they my therapist has told me that too. That. Oh my gosh. Do they know each other? Twins. <laughs> um, what if they're friends? Okay, that would be crazy. Hope they don't talk about it. What if they're us. sisters? <laughs> okay. That would be wild. Um, but anyway, she was telling me like, our brains are always wanting to make things better. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they get it wrong. <laughs> you know, like you think of like symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder. Like, yeah, it's definitely not helpful to have you know, triggering memories and flashbacks, but your brain is doing that to try and keep you safe from something it perceives as a threat. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, definitely not remembering things is not, um, guess not super helpful, but it was, it was like my brain trying to trying its best. Yeah. To protect you. And I was hanging on by a thread Yeah, and you did it. Yeah. Proud of you. Okay. So there was a time, this was, this is my next story. This is Sarah. Uh, there was, I want to be really careful with how I tell these stories because I'm like, You're doing a good job. You're being vague okay, enough I'm to where, to like, vague. I don't actually even know who you're talking about. Yeah, so I think that, the people are that says recording. something. Yeah. So this was, I want to say maybe a, a year or two after Leland had died. I mean, it's still pretty fresh to me, but yeah, it was, that's very it was fresh. years ago. And uh, I was at a, a gathering and there was someone that I had known, a family friend from years and years ago, but not at all somebody that I keep up with a sure. mom and her kids are around my age, our age, mm-hmm. the ages of the kids in our family. And one of their children, uh, just went through a really difficult time. Didn't speak to the family for a while. Uh, yeah, just, just really struggled with some mental health and it, there was a, a real severed relationship that was then later restored. So that child that she at one point in time didn't speak to was actually there at the gathering with us. So like Mm -hmm. the relationship was 
it was healing. It was healing. It wasn't, yeah, I don't know all the ins and outs of it. I'm sure that there were still difficult parts, but it was healing. Yeah. So she says to me, like many people say, I was just talking to mom about this actually today while I was eating lunch. Um, You know, I think about your family all the time. Which we can talk I about that later. I really wonder, like, is there any truth to that? Or yeah, like, do you just think that because you... you see my face right now? Exactly. That's exactly what mom said. Um, yeah, I'm not going to get on my soapbox about that. But anyway, mm-hmm. she said, I think about your family all the time. And she said, I think about your mom a lot. Because, you know, when I heard that Leland died, I thought of your mom. Because it made me think of my child. I'm not going to say the name, but my child. And when, you know, when my child wasn't speaking to me, it felt like they had died. And so I just really feel for your mom. And I want to say a few things that are wrong with this. And I don't even remember what I said, which is probably a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, knowing me, I probably was like, yeah, that sounds really hard for you. And I probably was trying to comfort her because, you know, that's just my character flaw. But anyway, there's a couple of things that are wrong here. One is... Okay, she's not even talking about me. She's talking about my mother. So that's not helpful to me at all. Mm -hmm. Second of all, it made me, again, so bitter and resentful because I I literally, when looking this woman in the eye and I wanted to say so bad, oh, you mean your kid who's in the room right now? Mm -hmm. My mom buried her kid, buried her firstborn child. And you're telling me, That this child of yours who's in this room with you, you could go over there and hug them. Mm -hmm. It feels like they died. I could not conceptualize that. Granted, I've never had a child. I, it was a totally different story for mine. I haven't had a severed relationship with a family member like that. There was a lot there that I couldn't relate to, but it made me really bitter and resentful because that's not the same. It's textbook situational comparison. Yeah. Ugh, I'm getting all fired up. These, this is just so, stuff it's like just that just really like literally like makes my stomach hurt because yeah. it's just like, it's just wild that, I mean, it makes sense in a way that like people jump in and like want to like share their own hardships because they don't want you to f- feel alone in your grief and also they want to process their own grief. I think it's actually a good marker of who has gotten professional help and has dealt with their um their trauma or their hardships in an appropriate way um yeah I I I think it's a really good marker you can tell who's gotten help and who hasn't um yet there's hope for everyone look at you there's hope for everyone amen sister so let's transition a little bit now that we've just dumped (laughs) for like the past 40 minutes almost about all the ways that you can do this wrong. I do want to talk about how we can do it right. Yeah. I feel like it's pretty easy to agree. It's not like there's a laundry list of like, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, whatever. I mean, for me, this is Susanna, like, and I will say like, I am in year seven of my grief and my, and carrying the loss of my brother. And I still, it, this is like a practice that I have to do. It's almost like, it's like a muscle I've got to work. And if I don't work this muscle properly with how I respond, um, 
to like other people in grief, then like, I'm just going to forget it. And then I'm going to be, you know, one of like the instigators where it's like, well, let me tell you about my grief, you know? Yeah. Um, but for me, what was most helpful when Leland died with how people responded to me and how I in turn try to respond to people who have walked through a loss is by just having a posture of openness and literally being quick to listen and slow to speak. And I... Sorry, you're talking about you now when you hear about other people who have yes, lost someone? Okay, yeah, yes. Yeah. Just want to make sure I was tracking with you. That was such a word salad. No, you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. My words are so hard today. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just what I do, how I respond when someone, when I, when I know of someone who has gone through a loss, a death, or or grieving in some way, shape, or form is to literally be quick to listen and slow to speak. And, you know, when I do speak, sometimes I'll ask open-ended questions. Um, But I feel like the majority of the time is, you know, just letting them know I'm here for you. I see you. What you're going through is really hard. It doesn't necessarily mean that I have had to, you know, walk through the same situation to understand how they feel. Like, no, not at all. I just, I don't know. I feel like the more I'm talking, the more I'm like not making any sense. No, but I think you're making perfect sense. Yeah. Just, just taking the posture of just, just listening yeah. and just letting them know, hey, I'm here. I'm walking with you. I see you. So going back to the third story that you told Sarah, um, about when that lady said, you know, I think about your family a lot. For me, what I do is when I think about someone, um, I mean, it could just be like a random friend is like, oh, I'm thinking of you, you know, but like especially the people in my life that are walking through really hard stuff right now or losses, when I think about them, I get my phone out and I just send them a text and I just let them know, hey, I'm thinking of you yes, or I love you or I'm here for you. You know, I don't even ask open-ended questions at that point because I don't want them to feel, or I don't ask any questions because I don't want them to feel obligated to respond because I don't like feeling obligated to respond to anyone. Um, And it takes two seconds. Yeah. So, yeah. I think at the core of what what we're hoping to say is it's okay to pause before you want to reach out to someone. It's okay for me to ask myself, when I want to talk about my grief to someone who I know is also grieving, do I want to relate or do I want to compare? And I think relating makes it about them Mm -hmm. and comparing makes it about me. And you know what? There may come a time for you to share your own story. Yes. But it's not when you're comforting a friend or a family member. Yes. Like that's not the time even if it could be the exact same person the exact same scenario like I would just I would just be really cautious about saying like hey well you know I've been through something like this before and this is how I felt you know whatever yeah you know I mentioned I was I had had lunch with mom today and was talking with her about a little bit of this because it's just nice to get her perspective from it too yeah 
And what she said, and, you know, there's just a larger community of, like, people who have lost a child and there's people who have lost a sibling. That's just the reality of the world. Mm. And she said, you know, the, the women that she knows, the parents that she knows who have lost a child, there isn't even anything they need to say for her to know that she can relate to them. Yeah. So it's like this unspoken understanding. Right. If there needs to be words, then there's probably not that much of a connection. Hmm. And I thought I, I really liked that. And she, she mentioned something that um, on the one year anniversary of Leland's death, um, someone who had also lost a child left a note in their mailbox. And she said, I keep it with me all the time. I, I didn't know this. Oh, I didn't know this either. So she got it out. And she showed it to me. She, it was just, it was a post-it note and she has put it on like a little index card. And all it said, she said, this is the most meaningful thing anyone ever has done to her, done for her as a grieving mom. It just says, I loved him too. And it had a heart in her name. Mm. And she said, that is the most meaningful way that someone can relate to me as a mom who has lost a child because that's all she has to say. For yeah. me to know that she relates to me. And mm. it's just really sweet. It's yeah. really, really, really sweet. Um, so pause, whoever you are, wherever you are, before you say anything, let's ask ourselves, all of us, me included, mm-hmm. what am I adding here? Am I making this about me? If I want to make it about me, who else can I call? Yeah. <laughs> it's the I dump out, right? Yep. Comfort in and yeah. dump out. Absolutely. Yeah. It um, all goes back to that. Yeah. So I hope, I hope this somewhere maybe can be helpful for someone. Yeah. So what other thoughts do you have? Um, well, considering I'm on a word salad track, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm just going to end it there for the sake of everyone. Um, but no, hopefully this was helpful and hopefully this was validating to, yeah, you know, whoever is listening to this. Um, and if you have found yourself in a situation where you're the grieving person and someone has tried to compare, you know, your situation to anything else, I'm very sorry. That's yeah. not right. Um, yeah. And if you have been comparing yourself to someone else and, you know, you've been doing the things that we were talking about are not so helpful. Uh, it's not too late to change. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. And like You're allowed, I said, you, you I can, can change. Too. Yep. Yeah. It is. It's not too late for us to, to learn and to do things differently next time. Hmm. So. Alrighty. Well, with that, uh, as always, we would love to hear from you, our dear listener. Um, so if you'd like to reach out to us, please do so. You can reach out to us on our website at grieftalkpodcast.com. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at grieftalkpodcast.com podcast is that right grief talk podcast yes we're gonna link it all in our show notes um we're back at season two and i'm just not used to doing this you did the the outro last time uh and then you can email us at grief talk podcast at gmail.com um like we say every time we're real people we read all of those and it really um it just lifts us up to hear from the people who um have been encouraged by Mm -hmm. any of the things that um that we've broadcast so Mm -hmm. So we're grateful for you. We are. And we hope that you have a restful rest of your day, wherever you are and whoever you are. Yes. All right. Until next time, this is Grief Talk, the podcast where we talk about grief. Bye.